Welcome to episode 83 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and as always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing today? We're doing all right, sir. How was your holiday? It was good. I got to go home, spend some time with my family. My fiance came up with me, and we just kind of sat around and relaxed and just enjoyed a few days off. We're heading into the home stretch of the semester, so it was nice to get away and relax for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, family time was nice. Um, just, just days to to chill. Yes, you know? that was is it. That's needed for Camp, sure. Time with family, a little drinking, a lot of food, watch sports, reminisce, catch up. And it, and once you get to a certain age, like when you're older, you actually like have things to talk about. Like post college, it's like okay, well we're all adults now. We can have real adult conversations. Avoid right. all the politics. Other unless you just you know hate your family. Uh, but otherwise. <laughs> It's nice. It's nice to, to just sit around with your parents and your and your grandparents and, and have some nice adult conversations about things. And and for me, uh, you know, visit old friends who you, you see them maybe two, three times a year just because of the holidays. And it was a good time. It was a good weekend. Yeah, it was. Now, granted, I drove back this morning. And uh, if you're from the Kansas area, you know, there was a blizzard that went through. So I drove through that on 35. And that was a uh, that was an adventure for sure. But we made it through safe. So that's all. You know, that's all that matters. Yikes. Yikes. Yep. All right, well, I guess we have to talk about this. I don't really want to, but here we go. Uh, last night was a uh, it was a rough game. Still ended up being only a one possession game, but it uh, the score. I don't think the score indicated that. Uh, Oklahoma State lost thirty one twenty four against TCU. Uh, give me some of your thoughts on the game. I know you have quite a few, but let's uh, let's keep this brief because I just I just don't think there's a lot to talk about with this game. I mean, the regular season's over. Now you've got a bowl game left. There's no takeaways to really like what what do you want to take away? They saved their worst performance for the end of the year. Like I feel like you know, we 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 were kind of excited and we thought the dark days were behind us in our preview. We we picked OSU to win. And I feel like Charlie Brown when Lucy pulls the football away. Mm-hmm. Damn it, they got us again. We fell for the banana in the tailpipe. We <laughs> fell for the banana in the tailpipe. Again. Like this team doesn't make any sense. It's the most confounding, frustrating, weird team I have ever had the misfortune, pleasure of watching. I, I just don't I don't even know how to feel. Like, I've never felt this way about a team that beat three ranked teams at home, including two top 10 teams in one season. And yet I've come away from it kind of going, I mean, I'm not sad that the season's over for the most part, other than the bowl game. Like, I'm still glad they got to a bowl game, but I just don't even know how to feel about this year. Like, I don't. I, I, I'm i not looking forward to the bowl game, because unless we're playing a ranked team, I don't expect them to, to do well in it. Um, yeah. It's, it's just weird to me. Like, this team, this is the same team that found ways to win ranked games against ranked teams and pretty solid teams, Boise State, Texas, West Virginia three best performances of the year, and even came within one point of being Oklahoma. And then you lay eggs against Kansas State. Now, granted, Iowa State's good, but that's still a game you should have won. You lay an egg against Tech. You lay an egg against Baylor. You lay an egg against Kansas State. And then TCU at the end of the season. It just doesn't make any sense. This is the true definition of playing up and down to your competition. And they've they've done it all season. I had people texting me you know, that have no affiliation to either school, Oklahoma State or TCU, and they're like, how the hell did y'all beat Texas and West Virginia? Like, I, I wish I could tell you. Like, it just, this team makes no sense. And, we have, and we've been saying that for weeks. 
But I feel like this game was kind of the culmination of that. Uh, a few thoughts on the game specifically. One, God, they missed Justice Hill in this game. Like, oh, absolutely. They did so well in against West Virginia running the ball. And then this week, Chuba, we were wrong, is not ready for the spotlight. Uh, he just, some of the play calls, first off, were awful, but he just didn't look ready. He he couldn't find the gap. He couldn't find the hole. And it's not like they weren't there. He just couldn't find him. Um, and whereas Justice turns negative two-yard plays and runs into, you know, two or three-yard gains, Chuba just couldn't get anything going. He couldn't. And L.D. Brown, he's a nice running back, but there's a reason he was the fourth string. And you put him out there and call three run plays up the middle with L.D. Brown, they weren't just missing Hill, they were missing J.D. King as well. Like, J.D. Mm-hmm. King's transfer, I think, really hurt OSU because he would have been great to have in this game with Hubbard. Hubbard and King, I think, would have done a better job. I just, uh, Brown, if, if that's our starting two running backs next year with Jamila Jeter, I'm, I'm worried. Like, I think Hubbard's going to be fine in the long term. I think he's going to figure this stuff out. But losing King and not having Hill was huge in this game. Absolutely huge. Yeah, it was an issue. And obviously play calling was just – I I have a hard time figuring out what works and what doesn't sometimes because it just changes week to week. Like they found you know play calling in a system that worked. Now, granted, TCU's defense is better than West Virginia's, but – they completely, it felt like they completely went away from what worked and what they were doing effectively against West Virginia. It felt like they just completely scrapped the second half and just said, screw it, let's do something new. And that's my frustration watching in watching Mike Yersich call games. It's just, I, I don't understand it. I feel like this was the worst game he called all season. And I watched that Kansas State game. Kansas State was just poor performance. This just looked like just bad execution from the offense coupled with terrible play calling. If I ever see a backwards pass again at Oklahoma State, I will oh my tear God. my hair out. Don't do it. A, it never works. It never works. Ever. When's the last time you saw a backwards pass like that that actually worked? When's the last time you saw the slant pass? It's just, it was such a terrible game plan. And, of course, what do they do? When do they start playing well? They started putting four out. Just putting four guys out there to throw the ball to, like, where was why did why did that take so? Because that's what you did against West Virginia, and it worked. Well, let's not do that. Oh, okay. Well, it's late in the game. We're down twenty-one points. I guess we should do that now. What? Why with a team that isn't a quarterback who's not that great and was having a poor performance? If you know what works, why aren't you doing that? And I know that the the, the defense had Tylen Wallace covered really well. They did. Um, we'll, I'll talk about him in just a second, but. I just, it was so confounding when it felt like they'd figured some things out and they just, it's just, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand this team at all. It makes no sense whatsoever to see a team be just Jekyll and Hyde this bad. This team is the true definition of Jekyll and Hyde and it's just, I'm kind of with you, like, I'm not that upset the season's almost over because it's been so frustrating to watch at times. And obviously there's been a lot of high points, but there's been a lot of low points too. And it's just, I'm ready to just watch basketball season. At least we know what we're going to get out of that for the most part. But, yeah. you know, 
at least like like we talked about, they got a bowl game, and that's huge moving forward for the program. Still 13 years. Um, you know, that's great for the program moving forward, but man, they can't be this inconsistent. And with the inconsistency that we've seen this year, it worries me for next year, even more so than I already was, quite frankly. I I don't know what to think about next year yet. And I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some time to start to really like put my thoughts together before I I, I think about next year because there's just I think there's a lot to be excited about next year. Most of it's on the defensive side of the ball, and I don't know what to expect from the offense at all. Right. Um, right. One note on Tylen Wallace: the Blitnikoff campaign is over. He, he, mm-hmm. Jerry Judy's going to win it after that performance. Now, let me make a point on this for Tylen. Against West Virginia, AJ Green was allowed to play physical in that game on David Sills, and the comment and the, and the announcers continue to know they're allowing him to play physical. And it wasn't until late in the game that Sills finally pushed back. Against TCU, the defense was allowed to play physical for TCU. That those that secondary was allowed to get up in the face of Tylen Wallace and the and the wide receivers. Wallace never pushed back. Not really. He didn't. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know why. I don't know why that it didn't say. You're being allowed to. They're they're being allowed to be physical with you sometimes to the extent of obvious pass interference, but whatever, that's fine. And he never took the opportunity to really, I don't think, really push back and be a physical wide receiver. And he's gonna have to work on that. That's something he's gonna have to work on. I, his Blitnikoff campaign is over. I, I I think it's ridiculous that one game like that. But I just you're not unless he that was his chance on prime time to go have a 150 yard two TD game. And and lock that award up, but it's mm-hmm. you're going against a, an Alabama receiver who's having Tua throw to him. It's just not gonna like it's it's gonna be Jerry Judy's. It, it is, but the, you know, as a sophomore going there, he's gonna have that motivation, you know, for sure for next year. And I feel pretty good about him next year being somewhere in the conversation again as one of the best receivers in the country. So it's not a knock on the season he's had, but the award is wrapped up. It's gonna be Jerry Judy's and. You know, when you have Tua Tonga-Vailoa throwing you the ball, uh, you know that you're going to have a little bit of that elevated status, I guess. Um, do you want to talk about the bowl game for a little bit or what potential bowl game Oklahoma State's going to get? Because it's kind of up in the air right now after the loss and with how things have kind of sh- will can't have shaken out as the regular season has ended and what the conference championship could bring. Uh, there's a couple different ways it could go. Right. We'll have bowl projections go up Monday morning. I guess this will probably come out after, after that. They're still over the map. Still seems like Liberty's the favorite. Um, they could follow the Armed Forces Bowl. They might still go to the Texas Bowl. Problem right now is with Texas and OU. If OU wins, Texas is not making a New Year's Six Bowl. If Texas wins, both Texas and OU will be in a New Year's Six Bowl. If that happens, everybody gets moved up. If OU wins, everybody gets pushed back. And then it just comes down to, and I really think with TCU, Baylor, uh, and Oklahoma State, it's just going to kind of be which bowls want which teams. I know it's about pecking order, but at that point, you know, schools are probably already talking with bowl games to try and get things figured out. And with most people thinking and picking OSU to go to Liberty Bowl, I have to wonder if that conversation is maybe being had with them. There's a lot of different ways you could go with it. I don't know if the Armed Forces Bowl is going to want TCU, but with as poor as their fan base is at, at traveling, sorry, TCU fans, um, I'm not sure if I'm the Liberty Bowl or the Cheez-It Bowl, I really want to 
have TCU, who's not going to have anybody there. I just, man, I don't know. I, I still want the Liberty Bowl just because I want to drive two hours to Memphis and go watch them play an SEC team. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go. I, I, I'm, I'm really afraid they're going to be back in Fort Worth in the Armed Forces Bowl against like Houston or Western Michigan, which just doesn't sound very exciting. Not, in, no, not at all. Like, and again. They'd be better off playing a ranked team because that's when they play well. They play a Western Michigan. Right. Well, why do I have not feelings against? Yeah, why do I feel like West? We lay an egg against Western Michigan, like lose like by ten points in a game we have no reason losing, but we'd probably beat like A and M or Missouri, whoever the heck we'd end up playing in the <laughs> Liberty Bowl. Get get A and M in the somehow they end up against A and M in the Texas Bowl and win. And in yeah. the alternate universe, they're in the Armed Forces Bowl against Western Michigan and lose because that's Oklahoma State. That's just that's just this team, man. It's weird. Um, yeah, it's just weird how it's going to shake out. I'm not going to, you know, make too many projections with it because it can fall so many different ways. Uh, I'd like to see them in the Liberty Bowl just because that would be against an SEC opponent, and I feel like they'd be able to get up for that game. I feel like the crowd would travel well because it's not too far from most, you know, where people are. And obviously, you'll be there, and I know you'll be there, you know, having a great time. In Memphis, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I'll be there. I won't be able to make that trip, but, you know, I'll be screaming at my TV and, you know, I'll be there in spirit. I'll probably be able to hear me from Memphis for all, for all I know. <laughs> uh, um, I think, a, let's, yeah, let's end this on a positive note. Let's talk basketball, man. Yeah, uh, that's exactly where I want to go, man. What a, what a solid weekend. Um, even, even despite the Villanova loss, I mean, I think they still fought in that game and you're, it's hard to beat a team when they hit 16 threes. It, you know, you're not going to beat many teams do, when they're doing that to you, but you go two and one on the weekend and two, pretty convincing wins against a couple solid teams in Memphis and LSU. I'm hesitant to say that Oklahoma state is better than expected. I don't know if it's not that or necessarily that Memphis and LSU are maybe a little bit overrated. Um, But to have these wins on your resume is huge. And you have that quality loss against Villanova. So, you know, you got that going for you as well. (laughs) Um, I don't know if Memphis is good or not. I do think LSU is good. Zach, made a really good point in his post-game recap that LSU coming off an overtime loss in a game they should have won, they played later in the day than OSU did on, on Friday. I just, I don't think LSU is overrated. They may not be the 19th best team in the country, but I still think at the end of the year, we're going to look back and that's going to be a really good win on the resume. Um, I don't know if Memphis is top four in the American or not. I'd like to think that that's a nice win. Um, but coming away from that tournament two and one with with the number of with the names of the teams and the rankings of the teams that were there is really really good. And yeah, they got thumped by Villanova, but I I think Vill- that's more Villanova than the Villanova that lost to like Fordham and and got blown out by Michigan. I think Villanova is still going to be uh, a one or two maybe worst a three seed in the tournament this year. That's going to happen. It's okay. I mean. It's not. It's not going to hurt OSU getting blown out by Villanova. It's and as as you made the note, you know, it's better than beating a really bad team apparently. But I think the LSU win is going to be a good win on the resume, and they've and OSU still got plenty of more opportunities for good wins. You know, they've got Minnesota coming up this Friday. You've still got Nebraska on the schedule. Um, Houston, yeah, Houston, who's pretty good. Tulsa's not a bad win, uh, a, a bad opponent. So there's still opportunities to continue to to get good wins on the resume before Big 12 uh, play starts. But I I was really impressed with their performance. Cam McGriff's looking more and more like a number one player for this team. 
Yep. 28 points today, career high. Yeah. And man, Weathers is a difference maker. He, he His performance against yes. LSU wasn't his best at all, but man, he's just a difference maker. He really is. Like mm-hmm. this team is so much better with him and having Mike Cunningham as well. Uh, it, now we're seeing what this OSU team is potential is. And I, I do think they are going to be better than expected. I'm still not ready to mark them as a tournament team, but I do think this team is going to be better than we thought they would be. Absolutely. And, you know, you're seeing uh, – and Mike Boynton kept getting the young freshman in, and he's kind of figuring out who's going to be his go-to guys, and it looks like it's going to be Yorane, Duncan Demuth, Isaac Likely are kind of the, the three that are going to get a lot of those minutes. Uh, likely, I don't know if you saw, I think it was Nathan Ruiz that put this on Twitter that – in 30 minutes today, he went 9, 9, and 8, I think, something like that. Nine points, nine rebounds, eight assists. And Oklahoma State was plus 34 with him on the floor. He's just yeah, – he's going to have his freshman moments this season. Yes, But he's absolutely. really uh, – <laughs> I still think he may have been the best find of the uh, 2018 recruiting class. Like, I'm I'm not kidding. That kid is is good. As a true freshman, there's a reason he's the starter. I don't think even if Mike Cunningham hadn't been hurt at the start of the season that Cunningham would have been the starting point guard. I think likely he's got that spot on hold unless he just I think so too. goes starts playing terrible. I think he's the starter. You get great experience in Cunningham coming off the bench to back him up. And I just... Uh, the guard position for OSU this year, man. like It's, it's, it's good. It's pretty and we still good don't have Chris Jones yet. pretty deep. Like, mm-hmm. and they are hitting threes. It's been great. And so many, when Cam and Griff's getting out there hitting threes, you're just like, okay, well, if they're going to hit them, just Good keep luck, shooting them. Man. Yep. And I think Thomas Azog was shooting 58% from three. So that I'd say that one might say that's pretty good. Um, it's but pretty, I think the pretty more, good. Yeah. The one thing I like today to see was Lindy Waters be aggressive. Um, we haven't really seen that too much from him this season. Now, a couple of people asking me like what was going on and he kind of started last season slow as well. So I think it's just kind of him getting into the motion of it, but he's a guy that needs to be a go-to scorer. And I think to see him drop 16 today and hit three threes tells me that maybe things are starting to move in the right direction for him. And he can start catching up with these guys like, uh, like Tom, like Dezagua and McGriff. And you have three go-to guys right there as, you know, as juniors on this team. But I, I was really impressed with Yorane, especially on Friday, six freaking blocks. Um, and yeah, I think he had 14 points and eight rebounds in that game too. And obviously he's going to make his fresh mistakes. He's kind of getting in foul trouble, you know, pretty consistently. But he he's a difference maker on the defensive end. And obviously Mike Boynton likes that. He's starting him as a freshman at 6'10". Um, you know, I really like what I'm seeing out of him. And I think this team is at least eight, nine deep, if not more, um, for consistent minutes. And I like that. Even as a young team that, you know, keeps fresh legs and, you know, you have a lot of talent there. There's no way this team finishes last in the Big 12. And I think that this weekend proves that. Yeah, no, I I just don't see them finishing last. Because you look around the rest of the league and, you know, you know, your Kansas is good. Texas is really good. Um, OU's good. Iowa State's better. Baylor, I don't know. TCU's be- I I just, even if, if they do finish last, it's not because they only won three games. It's just because there's just going to be a lot of teams with wins. I just, But I don't see them finishing last this year. I don't know who does, but I just, I can't see Oklahoma State finishing in last place, barring injuries. 
Right. Yeah. Unless something goes really sideways for this team. I just, I just don't see it. I think there's too much talent there. And, you know, when you have freshmen that are playing this well, this early against good competition, that bodes well for how good big 12 play is. And big 12 plays brutal. It's a grind when you play each team twice, uh, it's going to be an interesting ride, but I like what I'm seeing. And Minnesota's going to be another good test on Friday. And I think that's a neutral site game, isn't it? If I'm not uh, mistaken. Well, it's somewhat, somewhat. It's, it's, it's not at their home court. It's at the it's at the Viking Stadium. Oh, okay. So it's kind of, but so it's really not. It's It'd be like calling Oklahoma City a neutral site court for OSU. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I had a, I had a feeling it wasn't in the barn, but... I had to double check that. So, but no, there's still some great opportunities in non-conference for this team to keep stacking those good resume wins. And yeah. if nothing else, they got those quality losses going into conference play. So, you know, this is this is a good start. And I wasn't necessarily expecting a two and one finish there, but to go two and one against the teams they did, I, I like what I'm seeing right now. I'll say this: the team's record-wise is where I thought they'd be at this point. The difference is I didn't expect the loss to Charlotte, but I didn't expect the win over LSU. So, you know, take from that as it is. Um, I, all I know is this. I'm, I'm ready to go all in on just covering basketball for a while. Yeah. I, I know I, we still I'm have a bowl game to talk, well. but, man, I'm, I'm ready to just, just sit and focus on basketball for a bit. Yeah, and uh, I'll do a shout-out as well. I went to the wrestling duel against Wyoming today. Oklahoma State won 27-6. It was awesome. It was cool atmosphere. Uh, Dayton Fix, who's kind of the, the highly touted guy, world junior champion, he wrestled, made his Gallagher a debut. And normally they go in weight order like the, the matches do, but they made his last at 133 so that he could have his moment in Gallagher, which I thought was pretty cool. And he ended up winning his by minor decision. It was a he dominated the match. It was really cool to watch. And I know it's going to be another good year for cowboy wrestling. If you've never been, I highly recommend it. Bedlam wrestling, I believe, is the 9th of December. So get out, make sure to go to that because we'll win. Yeah. They just need to like it. The thing for OSU and wrestling is like, it doesn't matter what happens to big 12. It ha- matters what happens to team against teams like Ohio state and Penn state and Iowa and Minnesota, like the other perennial good wrestling teams, just because right. OSU dominates the big 12. So, so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it OSU in wrestling is like Alabama in football, like what really matters is the Nash is winning the national championship. Absolutely. Like that's those, that one sport where you kind of look at and go that now I understand that mindset of like, all we did, we didn't win the national championship this year was, I mean, great. We won another conference championship. And I know that sounds terrible, but that's, it helps you understand the mindset of like Ohio state and, and Alabama's in football and like North Carolina's and Dukes in basketball. OSU is that in wrestling when they're not winning a national championship. It's not that it's a bad year. It's just, you know, it's not what it's just short you're you're coming up a little bit short yeah yeah and i know they have a big duel against iowa i think it's in february end of february right before conference championships and that'll be a huge test that'll be fun going into watch. going into conference championships and then the ncaa tournament and i'll i'll plug wrestling a little bit on this i really enjoy going i don't know a ton about it but it's a fun atmosphere and i like going to watch yeah man. Uh, do, you have, do you have any final thoughts before you wrap this one up i just i'm looking forward to that basketball game against minnesota on friday i think that's going to be a a fun test for him. Um, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. So my final thought, did you stay up for all seven overtimes of the LSU, Texas A&M game? Uh, no, I stopped watching after LSU won it like three times and the refs kept giving <laughs> it back to A&M for some weird reason. Yeah. Kellen Mons knee was down or it wasn't down. It wasn't down. That's what I meant. Uh, I watched that play and I was like, 
because I, t- I flipped away from it. And my buddy was telling me, you got to flip back. A&M just tied it up. And I had, I was like, what just happened? And then I, I felt full of the disclosure. I fell asleep in the fifth overtime. I, I just fell asleep on the couch. It was, I'm very disappointed, but you know, that's, it's good to know that Big Twelve refs aren't the only ones that suck. So yeah, exactly. And also, <laughs> yeah. Also, how about that Michigan defense, number one in the country, giving up sixty-two? I, I don't want to hear anything about Big Twelve, man. That's just. <laughs> I also don't want to hear anything about how Ohio State should be back in the running for the playoff. Every, excuse me, but every ass hat on ESPN who comes out and goes, Ohio State should be in over Oklahoma. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. They had one good performance. One good performance does not negate. All of the really, really bad ones, including that 29-point loss to Purdue. Don't. Stop it. Just stop. 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 I think I think we'll need to go a full uh, college football playoff run on uh, Wednesday and just start breaking that down a little bit. I don't know. We have, there's know. no Oklahoma State game for us to cover this week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure out something. I don't know what it'll be yet, but we'll figure it out. All right. I think that wraps this one up. Philip, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Uh, follow me personally at OKTXAR Poke. Uh, you can also follow my show, the 1012 Podcast, on Twitter at the number 10, the number 12, the word podcast. It's available on SoundCloud and iTunes. All right, you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Uh, we'll have wrap up, you know, finish up a little bit of football, and then we'll have uh, a little bit of basketball to finish out the week. We'll have a bunch of good stuff up on the site, and we'll be back on Wednesday with the next episode of the podcast. <laughs>